Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Nazca Lines, cryptic messages from a lost civilization. Today, newly discovered symbols may finally unlock one of the world's greatest mysteries. Whoa! <laughs> the sun was setting in the middle of the line. It has to have a meaning. That is so cool. New Nazca lines. Josh, this is what I wanted to show you. Incredible. It's huge. When you think of Peru, what comes to mind? The soaring Andes Mountains? Maybe the lush jungles of the Amazon? Well, if you head a bit further south, you'll find yourself in one of the driest and most desolate environments on Earth. 2,000 years ago, a mysterious civilization thrived here. Little was known about them until the 1920s, when commercial flights spotted their giant glyphs, symbols inscribed in the sand that became known as the Nazca Lines. They depict huge animals, strange figures, and complex geometric shapes. For nearly a century, people have been fiercely debating the Nazca Lines. But several months ago, a sandstorm in the desert revealed something incredible. Never-before-seen symbols that may be the key to solving the entire puzzle. Scientists have also uncovered clues that may reveal how the lines were made with such mathematical precision. And more importantly, why? Were they used to pray to the gods or for drug-induced rituals? Were they a giant astronomical calendar? Or, as some wild theories suggest, a way to communicate with UFOs? Well, thanks to new discoveries, we may finally know the answer. My mission? Get to Peru and immerse myself in the world of the Nazca. I'll examine the new evidence in the case and then look for definitive answers to one of the strangest mysteries in the world. My name is Josh Gates. 
with a degree in archaeology and a passion for exploration. I have a tendency to end up in some very strange situations. There has got to be a better way to make a living. My travels have taken me to the ends of the earth as I investigate the greatest legends in history. We're good to fly. Let's go. This is Expedition Unknown. After an eight-hour flight, I touch down in Peru's capital city of Lima. In order to get to the Nazca Lines, we have to get to Nazca. In order to do that, we have to head a few hundred miles south. Everybody in Peru honks all the time. They honk when they're happy, they honk when they'd like to get by you, they honk when they're angry. Just any, anytime you want. Here's a kid crossing the road. I'll beep at him. They love it. Having honked my way out of Lima, I'm embarking on a 300-mile trek down the coast to the desert town of Nazca and the never-before-seen Nazca Lines, revealed by a recent sandstorm. The fastest and, well, only way to get there is on the infamous Pan-American Highway. This is the world's longest road, 30,000 miles of lonely pavement that links almost every country in the Americas. On one side, steep cliffs drop down to the Pacific. The other, endless desert. This region gets less than an inch of rain a year, but amidst the barren dunes, there is something unlikely. Life. Water in the middle of the desert. Amazing. This is Huacachina. Home to about 100 people, it is the only true desert oasis in the Americas. A small pond of water that somehow defies the dried-up landscape all around it. Basically, there's this natural oasis here. People just flock to it, and they created a community around the water. This thirst-quenching oasis wasn't around during the time of the Nazca, but the desert was. And I'm here to get a first-hand look at the landscape the Nazca people somehow conquered. To do that, I need to go off-road. Once you leave the highways in southern Peru, this is what's left. Nothingness. One of the harshest landscapes in the world. This is Elmer, a local driver who's agreed to show me around. He's not much for conversation, but he knows these dunes like the back of his hand. My kind of driving. Peru's deserts are about the size of New York State. But if I didn't know better, I'd think I was on Mars. Oh! Yowzers! This is crazy. This is... Elmer, you're crazy! Whoa! <laughs> I'm not sure what direction we're going or whether Elmer here has a license, but I'm quickly learning that out here in the middle of nowhere, there's definitely no speed limit. Holy 2,000 years ago, the Nazca people walked this scorching desert on foot. Luckily, modern humans have come up with a much more fun and dangerous way to traverse these dunes. I got this! I got this! <laughs> Nailed it! You know, I didn't break my legs. With the sun setting and a lot of sand in my boxers, we make our way back to the paved road with a new appreciation for how vast and dry the world of the Nazca really was. By the light of a new day, I continue rumbling down the Pan American Highway. After a few more hours on the monotonous road, the dusty outline of buildings appears in the distance. Welcome to Nazca, the city of eternal summer. 
This area has been occupied by humans since time immemorial. Once home to the ancient Nazca people, it was later a Spanish settlement, a wine region, and today a quiet town and an outpost for archaeologists and adventurous travelers. Everywhere you look, there are representations of the Nazca lines. But I'm here to see the real thing. Just outside of town, I pull over to get my first look at these mysterious glyphs. We have arrived at the Nazca lines. Can you see them? Me neither. The problem is that they're so huge and it's so flat here that without any elevation, they kind of disappear into the desert, which has raised a lot of questions about how they were made and why were they made if you can't really see them from down here. In order to get a good view of them, we're gonna have to go up. The Nazca lines were first recorded in 1553 by the Spanish conquistador Pedro Cieza de Leon, but he mistook them for primitive roads. If only this rickety tower had been built hundreds of years ago, then perhaps he could have seen the true nature of the lines, which only reveals itself from above. Wow. Look at this. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I've crossed the deserts of Peru, and I'm climbing this lonely observation tower for my first look at one of the world's greatest enigmas. Wow. Look at this. Those are the Nazca Lines. 
These lines are a mystery on a massive scale. There are nearly 100 gigantic figures, as well as strange geometric symbols and thousands of straight lines that cover an area twice the size of Washington, D.C. The most famous designs are the huge animals, the hummingbird, the condor, the spider, and the monkey. Shapes drawn with a single line that never crosses itself. Still only a very small piece of the Nazca lines. This extends for miles and miles in every direction, but at least we've got a first glimpse. The big questions are, how were these lines made and what were they for? There's been a stunning new development. Previously buried Nazca lines were just revealed by a sandstorm, and some scientists believe they could help solve the mystery. But before seeking them out, I need to know more about the Nazca people. I swing into the nearby Museo Antonini, which is filled with relics from the Nazca world, as well as some grim remains of the Nazca themselves. This is really one of the most striking and in some ways kind of disturbing part of the Nazca culture. You see these incredibly well-preserved heads and they have a, a hole drilled right in the cranium with a rope through it and they've come to be known as trophy heads. Some archaeologists have painted the Nazca as peaceful and the skulls as objects that they revered, while others believe the Nazca were aggressive headhunters, but nobody knows for sure. In terms of trying to understand more about the Nazca people, you have to look at their pottery. You know, this is really what they left behind, and all of these broken pieces are actually clues in a puzzle. There are several competing theories about the function of the Nazca lines, and I'm hoping to hone in on the right answer. Theory one, the lines were used as a sort of massive astronomical calendar, evidenced by their position beneath the heavens and symbols for stars painted on the sides of various ceramics. Theory two, since it's hard to see the lines from the ground and since so many of them look like landing runways, many fringe theorists insist that they were built with the help of aliens. Theory three, the lines were used in drug-fueled rituals where wild ceremonies took place to pray for resources from the gods. Some of these deities were represented by animals like the monkey or the killer whale. Pottery depicting psychedelic cactuses and dancing shamans seemed to support this idea. So which theory is right? I plan to test them out. First, I want to see if the lines could really be a massive astronomical calendar. The late German mathematician Maria Reiche was the loudest proponent of this theory, and she's just about single-handedly responsible for preserving the lines as a World Heritage Site. Her image is everywhere in Nazca, and her home is now a museum. To better understand the so-called Lady of the Lines and her theory, I'm meeting with the head of her foundation, Anna Maria Cagorno. How did she first come to see the lines? She was very involved with many scientists in the Museum of Lima. Mm -hmm. She met there Dr. Paul Kozak from the University of Long Island, New York. So they flew, and when they were flying, they saw so many different roads, they didn't know what they were. Then they decided to come in the car, and Maria was very curious. Suddenly, Maria saw that the sun was setting exactly in the middle of the line. So then she was shocked. It had to have a meaning. And do you believe that the lines and the glyphs 
aligned to celestial bodies? Well, some of them, yes. Reiche spent over half a century fighting to prove the astronomical purpose of the lines, but her work is still hotly debated. At the museum's nearby planetarium, I'm meeting Edgardo Azabache from the Peruvian Astronomical Institute. Hola. Hola. He's giving me a first-hand look at Maria's theory by showing me how the lines relate to the sky above. Maria, as she worked on the desert for 40 years, she discovered groups of lines pointing to the rising or setting of the brightest stars, the sun, and the moon. For example, the hummingbird, and she noticed that the longest line point at the rising of the sun at summer solstice day. It does. It goes straight to where the sun came up during the solstice. Hmm, that's very compelling. It appears that the hummingbird is in perfect alignment with important astronomical events, and so are other shapes. And this is the condor. The line crossing the bird figure was oriented to the setting of the sun at winter solstice day. And the third figure was the heron. Uh-huh. Well, Maria also noticed that the long beak used to point to the rising of the sun at winter solstice day. As soon as the sun set or rose on these particular lines, the Nazca would have known it was the first day of winter or the first day of summer, their rainy season. This calendar could have been a vital agricultural tool for growing crops or collecting water. But there are hundreds of other lines and animal shapes that don't match up to the sun or stars. So Maria's work offers only a partial explanation. Time to move on to the next theory. The next morning, I motor out to a blank section of desert to tackle the wildest theory about the lines. People, and I mean a lot of people, have been insisting for years that since the Nazca couldn't really see their handiwork from the ground, and since the lines are massive, they must have been made with the help of aliens. One of the Nazca lines is even referred to as the astronaut, and it does bear a striking resemblance to a notable extraterrestrial. But I'm not sure I'm buying that this is just a giant desert airport for E.T. and his buddies. So in terms of how the Nazca lines were made, what's the simplest explanation? Well, maybe the Nazca people just came out here into the desert and they just drew these shapes freestyle. So that's what I'm going to try to do. This is uh, the spider, one of the most famous of the Nazca lines. And I'm going to attempt to recreate it using this simple piece of bamboo. JJ, what's your confidence level here on a scale of 1 to 10 as to how good a job I'm going to do? 2. You do know that 10 is the best that I could possibly do. 1 is the worst. And he's down to a one. Boy, this is not as easy as it looks. Move away the dark, iron-rich sand on top, and you reveal lighter-colored sand below. But since every single footprint and scrape here is permanent, there's little room for error. The replica I'm attempting is large, but the real Nazca lines are downright huge. I usually feel tall at six foot two, but next to the largest shape, the 935-foot heron, I'd be the size of an ant. That is wrong. That's wrong. You really can't make a mistake because once you kick more sand over it, it just makes more white spots. This needs to be a mistake-free endeavor. Kind of looking like a spider or a menorah. Here's why this doesn't work. 
Uh, it doesn't work because I'm terrible at it, but it also doesn't work because if you look at the drawing, you see that it's for the most part very symmetrical, very even spacing in between the legs. These glyphs are hundreds of feet long. There's no way freehand they could possibly make it this exact and have it turn out well. I kind of don't get it. I don't know how they're doing it. There has to be something else in play here. I'm in the Peruvian desert chasing answers to the mystery of the world-famous Nazca lines. After trying my hand at drawing my own version, it's obvious I need some professional help. I'm enlisting one of the world's foremost experts on the lines, Mario Oliachea, the head archaeologist at the Ministry of Nazca, and his researcher, Alejandra. Hey, how are you guys? I'm Josh. Hey, I'm Ale. Our plan is to recreate the famous hummingbird glyph, though I have no idea how. So we have a, a paddle of some kind, a stick. Right. And it looks like some... String. Some string some... and some stakes. Yep. Okay, show me the Let's way. Go. Let's do it. I'm not sure if we're going to build a sandcastle, fly a kite, or stake a desert vampire, but at this point, I'll try anything. Keep walking straight until he tells you to stop. In the past, archaeologists theorized that the Nazca must have built platforms to oversee their work. One historian even built a hot air balloon out of ancient materials to pull it off. However, the only physical evidence are small wooden stakes discovered in the sand, which might just lead us to the answer. Para allá. Para allá, sí, okay. para allá. The tail has to be a little bit more to the left. Despite the flat desert, there are actually lots of hills on the edges. The Nazca could have used a foreman on high ground who relayed instructions to workers below. Mario believes the Nazca staked out the ends of the shapes and then, using string, scaled up smaller drawings using mathematical precision. Go ahead. Espera, 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 espera. Hold on, hold on. To draw a line, we use wide paddles and start to connect the dots. Finally, we connect the last line in our shape. Perfecto, no, 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 perfecto, está bien ahí. From his view, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Great. <laughs> awesome. Great work. Hey, Mario. Mario. Hey. Great work, buddy. We made a Nazca line. <laughs> I'm astonished to see that our hummingbird is actually really accurate, and we managed to make it with a diagram and just a few simple tools. Take that, UFOs. Okay, we've debunked the theory that the lines were made by aliens or with the use of complex tools, and the astronomical theory only works on a small portion of the lines. So I'm driving on to explore the third option that these lines were purely religious, made for worshipping the gods. These roads, if you can call them that, are a crisscrossed maze of trails. But finally, I arrive at what seems like just another set of dunes. But beneath the sand, there are secrets. This is Kahuachi, the heart of the Nazca civilization and the only architectural remains of their empire. Founded around 100 BC, its mud structures are buried under mounds of windblown sand. Hear that? That is the sound of absolutely nothing. It's completely still out here. Nearby is a sprawling Nazca cemetery. And it's not for the faint of heart. Archaeologists have excavated bodies wrapped in embroidered cotton and painted with resin. The mummification process and dry climate have kept the remains eerily intact. The burials are very ceremonial. 
you know, you have these very fine textiles and, and bits of pottery, and you see that the pots are filled with things like corn, and we have shells, and we have offerings, and so much of it is about food and sustenance and the earth. Definitely a culture that was religious. I'm meeting historian David Rivas to unlock more mysteries here. What a spot. If you had blindfolded me and brought me here, I would say that I was in like ancient Sumeria or Egypt. It's just 4% of the 24 square kilometers they still have to dig. This is just the beginning. This is the 4%? Yes. 96% of it is unexcavated. It will go all the way down there and you see those hills over there? Yeah. It probably will go over there. Archaeological evidence now suggests that Kawachi was a sacred pilgrimage site used for religious ceremonies and offerings. It overlooks many of the lines, strengthening the theory that the shapes in the sand were highly ceremonial. And while the Nazca who built this site are long gone, their rituals have endured. This shaman traces his heritage back to the Nazca people, and I'm being invited to participate in an age-old ceremony in the heart of this ruined temple. It's an honor. Thank you very much. Nazca are depicted on pottery in a drug-induced trance, which was likely the result of ingesting the local San Pedro cactus. 2,000 years ago, our ancestors used all these hallucinogens in order to be in touch with the spirits, mm -hmm. in order to find how the future is going to become for them. Since I have to work in the morning, I'm drinking a less potent brew, hoping to avoid a psychedelic journey to the Nazca spirit world. And now you just get a sip. This is it, and now you can share it with the world. The ritual is a window to the past and a clear indication that the Nazca did use hallucinogenic plants to induce visions. He's saying that your future looks amazing and you can walk in peace. Gracias. Thank him again so much for sharing this with us. Between the highly ceremonial burials and this spiritual temple that overlooks the lines, there's no question in my mind that the Nazca built their symbols in the sand, in part, to reach out to the gods. But the question is, what were the lines trying to say? The answers may be found in never-before-seen lines that were spotted recently by a pilot after a sandstorm. Can these new shapes help decode the puzzle of the Nazca lines once and for all? Hey guys, how are you? At dawn, I head over to Nazca's tiny airport to meet with historian Antonio San Cristobal and get a bird's eye view of ancient history. Okay, let's do it. As our plane soars over the arid desert, the sand seems to stretch out like a blank canvas. But then, rising from the dunes, shapes appear everywhere. Look at all those, like, that giant wide shape and all these intersecting lines and triangles. It's insane how many lines and shapes and animals are down there. We soar over several of the massive animal glyphs, including the spider and the condor. I also have a newfound respect for the soaring hummingbird we attempted to copy. It's incredible. Absolutely. But I'm also here to see something else. A few months ago, a pilot spotted previously unknown shapes revealed by the shifting sands. We bank the plane toward the coordinates for one of the first looks at these mysterious lines. Hey, Dutch, look!
I'm in southern Peru circling massive 1,500-year-old drawings in the desert known as the Nazca Lines. We're also hoping to get a look at a set of never-before-seen lines that have just been revealed by a recent sandstorm. Hey, guys, look. I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. That is so cool. Amazing. New Nazca Lines. The lines appear to show a 200-foot snake, a bird, and strange zigzag lines. Those drawings were made by the Paracas people. The Paracas were the tribe who ruled the desert before the Nazca, and archaeologists believe these lines may be some of the oldest ever discovered. Seeing it from up here, it gives me a better perspective but it just makes me more confused. You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's mind-blowing. What does it mean? What does it mean, Antonio? That's a real question. Question why? That's the enigma. Back on the ground, and I'm back in my 4x4 on the trail of answers. So to understand the Nazca people, we have to understand the Paracas people. To do that, we're going to head to the city of Paracas, which is about four hours north. From Nazca, it's a few hundred miles through the desert to the small port town of Paracas. Situated in a wide bay on the Pacific, this town has been inhabited for thousands of years. The prehistoric tribe that once ruled here has made quite an impression on the current population, though they aren't very talkative. Sir, I don't mean to bother you. I'm just hoping to learn the secrets of the Nazca people. Very grumpy. A few blocks down the street is the Paracas History Museum. As I browse the collection, the story of the Paracas comes into view. They lived in these deserts at least a thousand years prior to the Nazca, who invaded them from the north. After the Nazca conquered the Paracas, they absorbed their culture and continued the animal glyphs and lines that began centuries earlier. But what really jumps out at me is their shared fascination with heads. This is incredible. The Paracas people engaged in this really strange ritual of binding and elongating their skulls. No, these are not alien artifacts. The elongation was accomplished by tying rocks and rope to infants and deforming the skulls while they're still soft. Why the Paracas did this, we don't fully know, but it is believed to have been something reserved for nobility. Why the long face? Come on. Too soon? It's 2,000 years ago. Since the newly discovered lines were made by the Paracas people, it stands to reason that the Nazca lines were inspired by this older culture. In fact, the oldest and strangest of the Paracas lines can only be seen from the ocean. I'm hitching a ride with local archaeologist Rolando Ibar to see where the lines began. This is our boat. This is it? Yes. Our vessel has seen better days, but I'm sure she's seaworthy. The engine is new. The engine's new, that's all that matters. Yeah. The term new is being thrown around pretty loosely here. We got it, here we go. Despite the lethally dry deserts inland, offshore feels like a Peruvian Galapagos. Humboldt penguins, sea lions, and flocks of beautiful Peruvian boobies. Those are birds, by the way. The sea here is utterly alive. Dolphins. Yes. Beautiful. The Paracas and the Nazca were desert cultures, 
but the links to the sea are hard to ignore. The marine wildlife is mirrored in the desert, with glyphs like the killer whale, and even the famed astronaut, which archaeologists now believe could represent a fisherman. You know, down in Nazca, I kept thinking, how could the ancient people survive here? But now that I see this, I realize how dependent they must have been on the sea. Yes, because those people that came to live here or to stay here, they mainly were fishermen. The Paracas and the Nazca are starting to come into focus for me. Their lines are deeply tied to their environment and their dependence on water. Then, as our boat rounds the peninsula, I see something that leaves me speechless. Josh, this is what I wanted to show you. Look at that sign. Oh my God, that is incredible. It's huge. I'm in Peru trying to understand the purpose behind the Nazca lines, and my guide has just shown me a big piece of the puzzle. Josh, this is what I wanted to show you. Look at that sign. Oh my God, that is incredible. It's huge. This is what we call the candelabra, huh? Candelabra. Candelabra. The candelabra glyph can be seen from 12 miles out to sea. It was made by the Paracas people. How old is it? It's about 2,200 years old. The Paracas didn't know candelabras. It was brought by the Spanish. Sure. But this could be a cactus. A cactus. The big branch, the big column in the middle, if you elongate that column, it is linking to the hummingbird of Nazca lines. Really? Which that one represents the beginning of the rainy season there in Nazca. So they point to the same direction? Same direction, exactly. Wow, that's incredible. It all comes down to water. Yes, exactly. Hearing that the Paracas candelabra is aligned to the Nazca hummingbird bolsters the theory that the shapes are tied to water. One historian who believes he can prove that has a bold new theory about the lines. Back on shore and a few miles inland, I'm meeting with the director of the Paracas History Museum, Brian Forrester. Brian, I hear uh, you're the man to talk to about the Paracas people. Well, I guess I'm one of them, but sure, I'll take the job quickly learning that to understand the Nazca, you got to understand the Paracas. It's essential. Okay, so how do I do that? Well, I've got a couple of special places I want to show you. All right. Four by four? No. Why not? Sand. More sand. Yeah. Brian is taking me deep into Paracas territory, where exactly I'm not sure, but I'm anxious to see what he has in store. The Paracas thrived in one of the most inhospitable deserts on Earth. And ultimately, they died here, too. Is that bone? Yep. This is a recently dug-up grave of someone at least 500, maybe 1,000, maybe even 2,000 years old. Brian has led me to a massive Paracas cemetery, a necropolis that's a mile wide and five miles long. Rough estimate, how many people do you think are, are buried here? I would say at minimum 10,000. Unbelievable. But this site is completely unattended and at the mercy of any looter with enough gas to get out here. Many of the graves have been totally destroyed. These trenches that I see along the way here, those are looted graves? Yes. And, and underneath here, still preserved burials as well, I assume. Oh, many, many more. This is someone's skull. Unbelievable. That is incredible. I'm looking face-to-face -face at, at a, a 
a Paracan, probably. Yeah. I've never had the experience before of stopping in a place and picking up a human skull out of the ground. We carefully return the skull to the ground and recover it with sand. After hundreds of years of being in peace, put them back in a state of peace like that. Back on the ATVs, we head deeper into the desert. Brian has researched the glyphs and lines in the area and calculated that a number of the lines intersect at a location several miles to the east. I'm anxious to find out why. As we round the bend, a buried Paracas temple looms before us. Wow! Much like the Nazca Temple of Cahuachi, this Paracan pyramid was a gathering place for religious ceremonies. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Just unexcavated. Yeah. Trapped in the dunes. Yeah. A pyramid. How many of these do you think there are here? In this area, there are hundreds. The foundation of it at least uh, would be 2,000 plus years old. The Paracas were the first established culture of this area. So the Paracas were responsible for at least 50% of the geoglyphs and lines, and then the Nazca the second 50%. When you look at the Nazca lines, when you look at the glyphs and the geometric shapes and the Paracas shapes, mm -hmm. what do you think they're for? There's no real cohesion or basic pattern. I think some of them are for solar and lunar alignment. Some of them are ceremonial pathways. Some of them are for tracking underground water systems. This is a bombshell. Brian believes that not only were the lines used for ceremonial purposes to pray for water, but that many of them may actually lead to water, a sort of physical map overlaying underground rivers and pointing to natural wells. You think there's ancient water sources here? It's possible that slightly under the ground of that area, we can find water, uh, you know, today. Looking for water in the desert? Yep. Sounds like a challenge. Go. The lines that led us to this pyramid likely guided the Paracas on ceremonial processions, but might also have functioned as directions to water. What do we think these depressions are? It could actually be accesses, like little wells for water. Really? Yeah. So you're saying that there may be water under this? I'm saying it's possible, yeah. Well, let's give it a whirl. Let's see if there's anything here. Okay. Brian's theory strikes me as impossible, mostly because this is an absolutely lifeless desert. But he's convinced, so I've got little choice but to start digging. This is a ridiculous way to spend an afternoon. Update, I'm parched, I'm sweating, and it's 8,000 degrees out. The more we dig, the more I feel like the only thing I'm going to find beneath the sand is sand. How far down do you think it really is? I wouldn't think even 10 feet below. Really? Yeah, well, we're hitting a lot of roots. Yeah, that's a good sign. These roots are dead. And if Brian and I don't get back to the road before dark, we might be too. But if there is an underground stream here, we might also answer the riddle of the Nazca lines. <sighs> Can't help but notice that I'm down in the pit shoveling and you're supervising. Well, I'm a local. Right. It's your right as a visitor to explore. I appreciate you letting me do that. Well, my honor. Soil's getting harder. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, wait, wait. I've come to Peru to investigate the mystery of the Nazca Lines. 
After following these symbols deep into the desert, we're digging to see if they were used to locate water. Whoa. Oh, wait, wait. Look at that. Wet soil. Yep, you've hit the water table. Water. There is water down here in the desert. Yeah. This discovery at the convergence of these lines is compelling evidence that the prehistoric tribes of Peru might have carved their massive symbols to track water. That is so cool. Amazing. <laughs> you know what? I don't want to say that I doubted you, but I really doubted you. Thanks for the hard work. <laughs> this is incredible. It really may be that the shapes and the Nazca lines do point to water. Some of them at least, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's incredible. Yeah. It's hard to argue with that. Wet soil right here. As we leave the sand-choked ruins of the Paracas civilization and head back to Nazca, there are other clues that may back this theory up. With just an inch of rain a year, the Nazca became masters of water management. Some of the lines, including the newly discovered lines, depict strange spiral shapes. And on the edge of town, there are similarly shaped holes that actually serve a very real purpose. So these are, are called ojos. It's basically a very elaborate looking manhole. It's a check well that goes down to an underground aqueduct system. This is the very bottom of the system. And what's so cool about this is there's no cement lining this. There's no concrete here. This is just naturally piled rocks and they're using the natural sediment of the, uh, of the floor here to allow this water to just pass through. It doesn't absorb, it just passes like an underground river. These wells led to tiny underground streams that flow down from the Andes. 2,000 years ago, the Nazca figured out how to tap into them, and it's so well built that it still works. It's a little cold. And you can see that down here. This system is working exactly as it did 1,500 years ago, providing clean, drinkable water to the Nazca people. But in the past, terrible droughts created constant need for other water sources. And I now believe we have the answer to the riddle of the lines. The lines don't have one purpose. That's why there's so little order to their layout. They serve several functions, all related to the most precious resource in a desolate world, water. We've seen that some of the lines were astronomical, a way to track the very brief rainy season and plan for crops. We've also seen that the lines are clearly ceremonial, massive glyphs used to pray for water. The thirsty hummingbird, the resilient cactus, the fisherman, all symbols tied to water. The newly discovered lines show a snake and wavy lines, both ancient symbols for water. And finally, it seems that some of the lines may actually point to or overlay subterranean water sources, a dusty map that evolved over generations. In time, the Nazca culture was absorbed by other tribes, just as they absorbed the Paracas. Their legacy is beneath our feet. There are still thousands of structures trapped in the dunes, and there's no doubt that more symbols are destined for discovery. The Nazca were masters of conservation in a punishing world. We now know that their lines were a complex system for survival. But with so much of their culture still unexplored, who knows what new mysteries will emerge from beneath the sands? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.